Welcome back to Kafaro Cast, everybody. Frank here with David D on the mic, and we have two very special guests. One of them you might know as the Mexican American sniper or the <laughs> <laughs> the OG of the Wasatch. We have Isaac Aleman and his son Isaac also, but we call him Bubba. What's up, guys? What's up, guys? What's up? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, we're good. We uh we had a uh, an early morning podcast and a meeting and now we're uh we're on the line with you guys and um yeah, David was just kind of telling me the story of how uh how you got a couple of your nicknames, Isaac. Which one, me? Senior? <laughs> yeah, Isaac Senior. Isaac Senior. The East he was telling me about how you were the Mex you said you were the Mexican American sniper. <laughs> <laughs> For prairie dogs. Yeah. For prairie dogs I was. <laughs> <laughs> And then the the Wasatch OG, I'm sorry, but I mean that was uh, um, I was a two hit wonder. I'm the tone look of the Wasatch front. I, you know, two deer. That's it. Two hit wonder. That's it, man. Now I'm just I'm straight out poser when it comes to the Wasatch front. There, guys. I'm the old guy. People surpass me now, you know. So that name's no longer there. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, it'd be interesting to get your perspective on on the Wasatch and also Bubba's. Uh, we had uh, we had James on this morning. James Yates, uh, one of your uh, one of your buddies there from Salt Lake City. So uh, he was kind of filling us in on on his hunt styles for for the front country and and uh, on his deer hunt. So that was that was a pretty good one. A lot of information from that guy. So yeah, if you guys don't know, we've had Isaac on before. We haven't had his son on, um, but you guys are both now working with uh, Black Rifle Coffee. Is that right? Yes, yes. I left Ethan back in February. And what about you, Junior? When did you leave Shields? I uh, left Shields in August, around August. We both uh, were part of the Total Archery Challenge, um, their adaptive athlete shoot. And ever since then, they liked what we did and pretty much just hired both of us on, I guess you could say. So, so what do you guys, what do you guys, what do each of you guys do at, at Black Rifle? It seems like a, an awesome company to work for. I listened to those guys on the Rogan podcast recently and... Um, they both seem like pretty laid back, hardworking dudes and with military backgrounds and stuff. So what, what are your guys' job duties there? So over there for Black Rifle, they're really uh, taking an interest in the outdoor industry. Uh, you know, making sure, you know, their coffee will represent in the outdoor side of things. But also, they, uh, Evan wants to really get a lot of the veterans involved in the archery. So that's where we kind of come in there. Um. For me, my, uh, for me, he has me, I'm in charge of, uh, like, the archery brand. So, for example, when you join the Black Rifle Coffee Club, if you join, it's a monthly subscription. You pay, you get your coffee, but there's a special section on there that allows you to get discounts. As uh, a matter of fact, Kofaru is on there. You know, if somebody's part of the coffee club, they get a discount from Kofaru. My job is to help kind of bring some of the hunting brands into that space for the coffee members to receive, you know, special discounts on products through the archery. Uh, industry side of things, and also to help on events. And then, Junior, you go tell them what you do. Yeah, so I do um, pretty much kind of like tag along with my dad with a lot of that thing. Um, Evan uh, gave him the title of full-time Botech as well for the employees <laughs> because he, re he really wants uh, everyone there to get into archery um, and pretty much bow hunting as well, too, so... And as well as I'm pretty much learning the business of coffee as well too. So that's what my that's what my job title is over there. So in a nutshell, that means what it was is Evan says I want your son to lo learn all aspects of this business. He's young, he's hungry, so I want him to learn everything from where we do you know the printing, uh, the embroidery of the clothing, the shipping side of things, the roasting side, the retail side. Because I want him to learn all those aspects, Isaac. You know, you, you're basically, let's face it, you're too old, but your son's <laughs> young. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it must be great for those guys to have the dynamic duo over the Isaacs, you know, working for them. And uh, you guys are really well known. I mean, uh, we have former Isaac from Shields. We have former Isaac from Badlands. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Isaac Jr., what all did you do at yeah. Shields when you worked there? That's, that's where you kind of... Um, got more familiar with the Botech side of stuff. Is that where you were working in the archery department? Yeah, yeah. So I was a bow technician at uh, Shields um, for about two years. Um, straight out of high school, just started working there um, full time and just kind of learned like everything about archery. And ever since then, it's just been 
you know, a lot of people have been coming in, you know, and then the more I just did it, the more I kind of progressed, you know, and it's, and it's been, it's been awesome to where to see like everyone getting into archery and Utah as well. So I remember seeing you post a photo of, uh, you helping out post Malone buying like guns and ammo and targets <laughs> and all that shit. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That was uh yeah, you know, that was uh that was a crazy experience because it was a Sunday, you know, I'm not expecting a rapper to come in on a Sunday, you know, or like in the shields, like ever. I never would have thought, but yeah, he, uh, you know, he came in and one of my coworkers was like, Hey, I think Post Malone's here. And to me, that's just like, see like, Oh, it's probably just some lookalike, you know, some weird dude, you know, just not, that looks like him, but not really. So I go over there, see him. I go over there, I walk, I see the seven foot security guards, you know. And pretty much I just see it. I'm like, inside, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, like, I'm kind of scared right now. And then <laughs> they, uh, move out of, they move out of the way. Sure enough, there he was. And he straight looked at me with a smile and goes, oh, hello, good sir. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, in my head, I'm like, you're post Malone, like, you know, and you're just kind of like a little starstruck. And he needed help with a rifle skill because, you know, he loves his guns and everything. And I was like, oh, I don't I don't work over here, you know. I was just walking by, but I work in the archery area. And he's like, oh, so I'll be over there. Let's party. <laughs> and, and, you know, pretty much that was, uh, he just wanted crossbows. He didn't want anything um, archery. He just wanted two crossbows and pretty much to shoot arrows at a tree, so I made sure he got a target, and that's when uh, one of my buddies snapped that photo. <laughs> nice. So you got into the hunting industry uh, early on with your dad working in different different big companies throughout the uh, hunting industry. Like, just tell us, like, what that was like growing up, and, uh, you know, your dad's listening to Wu-Tang and all this good hip-hop. Uh, tell us about your childhood and how you got into hunting. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, got into hunting, I mean, one of my first trips, I remember, I think I was like six years old. Um, it was like when he, when we were, he, he was like starting, uh, archery hunting, you know, and pretty much went with him, you know, and started, uh, going to an archery shop, um, called Utah Archery Center. Where, uh, Word up, G. <laughs> yeah, G, G, you know, shout out to him, you know, and pretty much we like kind of tagged along with him on the weekends, you know, and, kind of just shot bows with him, you know, I just kind of learned, started from like a recurve, you know, like a little kid bow and then just worked my way up kind of thing, you know, and ever since then, when he started at Badlands, backpacks for days, you know, and it's been awesome. He was always with me, that's one of the things is, uh, he was always tagging along with me no matter where I went, uh, I mean, L. David, you remember when we started hanging out, we'd go to yeah. archery shoot, I'd have him with me yep. constantly. Yeah, and that was one of the that's one of the key things about you know, especially getting your kids into archery is just surrounding them around people and having fun with it. Yeah, and yeah, growing up in this industry, the funny thing with him is he didn't realize he was growing up in this industry. I mean, it was just an everyday thing. For instance, like he he met like John Dudley, Cameron Haynes, all those guys at an early age, and didn't realize they were famous people. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up until because of him, they're just oh okay, yeah, guys, my dad knows. I mean, yeah. you know, he was, he was, uh, 12 years old, had a carbon Hoyt bow, uh, you know, <laughs> carbon quiver, all this, you know, the latest, greatest sight. And to him, it's yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. I got a bow. <laughs> and here's, and it, I mean, and here's one of the things too, like when I was, when I would be hunting with my dad, it wasn't like, pre- like I wasn't pressured or, you know, it wasn't like taking it too serious. It was just pretty much just having fun, you know, mm-hmm. it was just going out. Pretty much, you know, like making a fire, like cooking food, you know, like on the little stove. And I thought that was like the coolest thing when I was little too, you know. Yeah, last we did with Frank, as we did with Frank. Remember, we had to make a fun for Frank too. Yeah, yeah. Frank <laughs> <laughs> we had to cook oh, yeah. burritos and spam for Frank. Keep him in it. Yeah, yeah once him and I tagged out. We like watched you and our brother-in-law Josh go out. We pretty much fell asleep. Didn't watch for you guys. <laughs> Speaking of the time Frank was out there, uh, I don't know if we can talk about this or not, but remember that 
that guy that was snooping through Frank's backpack while he was on the stock, and Isaac got a little gangster. Oh. <laughs> I think we've brought oh, this up before. God. We were uh, hunting in some undisclosed location, and um, I went on a stock for a for a deer, and uh, I didn't think there was anybody around, so I left my bag kind of right off the trail, and um, I ended up quite a ways away from my pack looking looking for this deer and uh all of a sudden like i hear someone like and it was isaac i heard someone yell up at the top of the hill like hey leave that alone or something like that (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like what and then all of a sudden i just i hear a little a gunshot go (laughs) (laughs) uh isaac had to pop one off in the air just to uh get the guy's attention he was some guy on a trail he probably thought he came across a backpack um that someone had left but yeah it was it was my hunting gear that was that was pretty pretty entertaining that was funny well i mean well i mean technically you were on the trail you were off the trail you were on some kind of like game trail and this guy came bushwhacking in and he wasn't a hunter and that's the thing is you know he wasn't hearing me yell either but he was definitely looking at your pack you know going to go through your pack so i mean that's uh I saw him doing that. I'm like, uh-uh, no, not on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> so I fired, I fired a blank. It was a blank. I carry blanks in my gun to scare away a uh, mountain lion. That's, that's what it was. That's what I saw. <laughs> fired a blank off. Yeah. And that's what, what kind of scared the guy off while we were hunting that time. So, yes. <laughs> I don't think you want to have that on the podcast. You, sh- you know, you firing blanks at all. Yeah. How, how old are you? How old are you again? <laughs> Uh, I know what you're talking about. I'm <laughs> on the podcast. You know that ain't true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So speaking of hunts, uh, I know my first time meeting Isaac Senior. I, you know, I'm out there with my buddy Scotty, and uh, and uh, we're just out hiking and find this spot off the trail, and we take our packs off and set them down, and we sit down and we start glassing this hillside, and there's always deer on this hillside, and it's snow covered, and you know, aspens and stuff, and this guy's coming down the trail and he's like, all I hear is who the hell's stupid pack is this? I'm going to kick it down the mountain. <laughs> I'm just like, no, it's full of camera gear. <laughs> and we pop up and get on the trail and it's, it's Isaac and, uh, Scott knew him. He'd met him before. And I'm like, Hey, I think I know who this guy is. I, I think we're friends on Facebook. And I had friended him the year before, uh, just because you had shot that monster three point, um, and you're kind of a legend. What's what's it like being a legend? I, I tell you, David, I'm not a longer legend, man. I'm just, I'm a two-hit wonder, man. Hang on, that's why. That's, that's why. I can attest that at Shields, by the way. I can attest that. That's a lie. I get guys, guys at the archery bench, and they'd be like, dude, your, your dad killed that monster three-point like way back in the day. You know, and I'm like, yeah, that's my dad, you know. But the funny thing is, they'll look at my name, we're both named the same, they'll be like, is that, like, Isaac from Badlands? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is the thing, okay? You got to realize, it was 10 years ago. I mean, it was 10 years ago when I shot that uh, three-point. And, you know, social media was still kind of new because there were a bunch of other guys that were killing massive fucks up there. You know, Kip Fowler, Matt Bateman. I was just better at marketing myself, I guess, and, and using Facebook <laughs> and using Facebook right away and, and using it uh, because, uh, to kind of you know, show off my deer. As or as, as you, Frank, and my son, you young, would call it, was the term flexing? I was flexing my deer. Flex. <laughs> is, that, is that right? Is yeah, that right, guys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I was I was better at it. I mean, people, and you know, I had I had two great years. I mean, I started bow hunting. Uh, back in 2005, and uh, that I, you know, I shot a big four point. Uh, my sec, uh, my second deer with a bow, and then that three point was my third deer with a bow. And it was just back to back years. They were great bucks. I got, I shot them up up there. And the funny thing was, the next few years, I had a lot of new friends because you know how the Wasatch Front is. You know, <laughs> every everyone, everyone's always fishing, trying to get, you know, trying to get an edge. And this was way before Instagram, like I said. When I shot this deer, I had a Blackberry. iPad 1 came out. I mean, that's how long ago it was, guys. So I would call myself so much a legend, more, more of just a local guy who, uh, <laughs> who, who used Facebook in the early, early stages, I guess. <laughs> so how did, how did this year go that's for you? Put it. 
Oh, we don't want to talk about that. Did you do the dedicated hunter program? That's because uh, uh, James was talking about that program, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it, if that's what you were doing. Yes, awesome program. It's an awesome program for somebody who wants to hunt. Uh, like, for someone like myself, I don't hunt out of state very much. Uh, and given my family situation, you know, uh, with you know my little girl, it's easier for me to stay in state and hunt, and especially to hunt the areas close by to where if I needed to, I could be off the mountain early. Uh, you know, come off the mountain really early to get home for emergency purposes, things like that. So the dedicated hunter program, what it is, you're able the three-year program, you can hunt all three seasons: archery, muzzleloader, rifle. Here, here's the, here's the, the you know the catch though. In that three-year program, you can only take two deer in three years. So if you shoot a deer the first year, shoot a deer the second year, you have to sit out that your last your third year. And you can only take one deer, I mean, and it's one deer a year, depending on what you use, like what weapon you use. For myself, however, I'm the only man in the world that has probably ate all three of my, all three years. That's nine tags, guys. That's archery, muzzleloader, rifle. I ate <laughs> all of them the last three years. That's my story for hunting right there. <laughs> <laughs> were you hold? were you just holding out for a big deer or what do you, th- what do you think happened? First year holding out for a big year, I did make a, uh, a big deer. I made a bad shot on a deer. Couldn't find them. And in my, in the back of my mind, I'm always, okay, I have the extended. I have the extended. Let's just wait, wait. And I've passed some deer, but to be honest, I have blown so many stocks and shanked so many shots. It's all me. The reason why I don't kill a deer. I mean, the only, only person I can blame is myself because David knows hunting with me. Even you, Frank. Having ADHD and bow hunting sucks. It don't mix, guys. It doesn't. And I'm always on the move. I just get my ass killed. My son's a way better hunter than me. As a matter of fact, Frank, I mean, look, I left you two alone. My son killed a deer. <laughs> right? Yeah. You didn't leave us alone. Oh, you yeah. forgot your quiver at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that was a that was a that was a fun hunt with um yeah, me and Bubba. He uh he made an amazing shot. On a uh, on a deer off of a cliff, that's something that I think a lot of archers, a shot that a lot of archers want to make one day when they're hunting. And he 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 freaking smoked that deer off of a cliff. It was awesome. How how often are you guys shooting and practicing those types of shots and just practicing in general? Oh, and I was, yeah. I was, I was I, and I was able to get away from that shot because my dad wasn't there, so it was. As, as far as shooting and practicing, I mean, we actually, uh, we shoot quite a bit, uh, especially when, like, when David was here too. I mean, remember, I mean, David would give us a call and tell us to go shoot and, you know, we'd go hit the local clubs. Uh, the funny thing was, is like, I, I mean, as you know, I worked for Easton for seven years and I'll never forget it was, I was one of the guys I work with, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's a shooter, competitive shooter. And I showed up at the archery center one weekend and he goes, he sees me, he goes, you're doing archery on your day off? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> why wouldn't I? I mean, I love to shoot. I love, I mean, we, you know, we, we shoot as much as we can. And especially now that we're over there at Black Rifle Coffee, I mean, they had my son build a legit archery shop over in their gym. And now we have a bunch of 3D targets, so we're shooting even more now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, in between breaks or lunches, like, we're at least, like, swinging, like, 10 arrows, uh, like, a day almost, you know, even after work, we'd be shooting us till like dark, like almost like eight o'clock, you know, because people over there think it's fun and pretty cool, you know. Yeah, the best is when you get a FaceTime, uh, you know, a, 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 missed, a missed FaceTime uh, call from, the, you know, Evan, the owner of the company, right? And I'm like, oh shit, what's going on? What, what, do, I, what do I need to do here? Am I in trouble? And then I get a FaceTime call from my son, and there's the owner of the company saying, I'm taking your son's uh, milk money. I'm dead his ass. <laughs> <laughs> How good are those guys at shooting, Evan and and, uh, and all the rest of the crew? Are they? Uh, I'm not. I haven't followed them too too much. Are they uh, new to archery? Or are they? Um, have they been hunting quite a bit their whole lives and stuff like that? Or are they kind of just picking it up? Because I think uh, Aaron was mentioning he would he was thinking about going out there. Or they had planned for him to go out there and teach those guys how to shoot trad. Yes. Oh, these guys are, you know, it, it, you, you see that early stage of the, you know, the whole hunting and uh, archery phase that we all go through, right? We all get a new bow, and then, of course, you got to fuck with it, right? 
we got to get a different sight, different release, different stabilizers, <laughs> okay? And then next thing you know, you have three different levels you want to shoot. And then now some of them are going to re- recurve. But as far as shooters, all these guys, I mean, they're military, they're like special forces, you know, Navy SEALs, different branches of all you know, the military. They can shoot. I don't care about it. You give those guys a weapon, they're going to be, they're going to, they're going to kill with it. No problem at all. I mean, especially also, too, under pressure. I mean, these guys know how to shoot under pressure. For instance, uh, Logan Sark. Uh, I was, you know, he was new to archery shooting, and at Total Archery Challenge, I was being all cocky saying, okay, let's start betting on it. Let's bet some money here. And that son of a bitch, man, he outshot me with no problem at all. Hmm. And that's when I learned some of these guys, I mean, it really comes down to the discipline and being able to shoot under pressure. I mean, all of them killed this year. They had a great season, and all these guys, I mean, they could definitely shoot. Wouldn't you agree, son? Yep. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, they're calm, like they're collective. They, they take their time, and they're just straight out killers, man. They, like, all, all of their elk are at least one shot, you know, and then they're dead, too. So, yeah, they could shoot. And they've got a really good bow tech, too, I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. There's Ty, too, when he's talking crap. I kind of want to mess with his boat so he, he's off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can, so I can win some. So. But, nah, they're, yeah, I mean, they're flat-out shooters, like, period. Like, there's no questions to that. So I've got a question for you guys. Biggie or Tupac? <laughs> Biggie. Biggie. Biggie all the way. Come on, you know that one. Oh, Easily. I know, Everybody I know. likes like, you got to love Biggie. Oh, right. yeah, right. That's the thing. My, that's my son. He's all excited about Post Malone. He actually called his mom to tell his mom about Post Malone. Because for me, Post Malone didn't have a song in the 90s. So I don't give a shit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I can care less. <laughs> that's how it is. And that's, and that's what's funny is now in this industry, you know, people you know, watch my son kind of grow up through this. And the strangest thing is, you know, when you hang out with your kid and you don't realize how much you're influencing them and their music choices. Because I was driving with my son when, you know, we got his car and I went to his playlist. And I looked at his playlist and there are all the songs I listened to in high school. And I remember thinking, I would, in a million years, I would have never dreamed of driving down the road with my son and he has the same music I'm blasting. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, you didn't look you at know, his browser I, history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he clears that out. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I got you. I'll get by him for sure. You got that packed with your dad. <laughs> so Bubba, you've got a, you've got quite the wall of uh, bucks on on the on the wall in the kitchen there. Uh, tell us about some of that. Like, man, every time I come over and visit you guys, you've got you've got another deer on that wall. Yeah, I mean, pretty much like the help of my dad. Honestly, you know he's. He's almost been there for every kill besides the one with Frank and I. Um, but I mean, all those, all those deer, I mean, to my dad and our good buddy Skyler too, you know, uh, they were both on there. My first archer kill, um, pretty much, you know, they're real, it's really cool to see like, like how that all, like every year is just, there's always a deer, you know, like right on the wall. And for me, I mean, Shoot, man, it's kind of hard to say, you know, because it's kind of like, you know, like I, I got to thank my dad on this, you know, like once, you know, when sports ended and everything, you know, and it's, the more I was looking at all my deer, this is like something I wanted to do too. So, well, it worked out. I mean, what it worked out was, I mean, I, so I, I, I haven't killed a deer in the last 10 years, but in that 10 year period, I think I counted. I think I was like, yeah, 18 people helping them kill their first mule deer. Uh, you were there with my first mule deer. Like yes, I was there for yours, but I wasn't part of it because I didn't want you to shoot that deer. Remember? <laughs> yeah, you were giving me a hard time. <laughs> yes, because I, I had a date. I was going on a date. <laughs> so, date night with the wife, those are important. But with, but with, with my son, it worked out because, I mean, he went at one year. I mean, he went, he filled, what was that, like seven out of eight mule deer tags that he filled. And the biggest ones were with archery. And he, I mean, the only time he didn't feel that one is that year I had back surgery. But, uh, you know, taking him out was just so much fun. And 
the, the, you know, the, there's a trick to taking your kid hunting because growing up hunting like I did, my dad would basically march me, just march my ass up, up the mountains. We always hiked. When I was growing up hunting, we always hiked. You know, we didn't have horses or ATVs. My dad would hike us. We would have a canteen, a fanny pack with tortillas, spam, and sardines. That's, so that's where it all comes from. And no binoculars with our rifles. First two point we see, we shoot it in the head and drag it. And growing up, that's not fun. I mean, you know, my dad, he loved to do it, but that's the way he did his thing. I mean, it wasn't a year-round thing. And so I really wasn't that in, I was into hunting, but I wasn't that into it. It wasn't until the year, I mean, the year he was born, my son was born in 2000, I killed my first deer. And that's what kind of set me on, you know, just set everything on fire. I mean, I was working at the DMV, uh, you know, I worked there for nine years making, what was that, like, like 12 bucks an hour, you know, raising a family. And so I shot my first deer, and that kind of put everything in motion for me to just start loving, you know, hunting, real deer, backpacking, all the way to to the point to where it turned into a career by accident. And then when my son was old enough, I just started taking him with you, but I didn't want to make the same mistake my dad did, where he just hiked my butt off. And, you know, our main focus was to kill a deer. With my son, when he was little, it was, we're going to hike, we're going to have fun, we're going to make a fire, we're going to cook some food, and if we see a deer, we see one. And then when he was finally able to hunt, it was, okay, we're going to do the same thing, but I'm bringing, I had learned to bring arrows, because that one time I took him up, I remember he was launching arrows at grouse and squirrels. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? He goes, that's a big squirrel, Dad. I'm like, son, you're launching your, you know, he, I mean, he, he, he's launching an a Eastern Axis arrow with a G5 Montag broadhead, all right? He doesn't understand the value of those things. I'm like, what the hell, son? He's like, well, you got more at home. You got more at home, Dad. We're good. I'm like, no. No. <laughs> so that, that was our process for, I mean, a lot of years, and then, Another thing was I'd always take my son, you know, I'd always make sure to bring some. Like, David, you came with us on some hunts, and we had some fun, you know what I mean? You oh, know, yeah. Frank, you hunted with us, you know what it's like. So it was important just to bring some other people around, too, and just, like I said, make the hunt fun. That's the trick of taking your kids hunting is you're really not going to hunt. You know, anyone out there who's listening is when you t- start taking them young, you're not hunting. You're going out there to have fun, have an adventure, and if you see a deer, then you're hunting. If you're going out there strictly just to go kill a deer – and you put them through what we go through on a regular basis, I mean, they're going to be miserable and they're going to hate it. Yeah. And you you treat them well too. You're like, you're cooking spam over the, over the stove. You're, uh, you're bringing in burritos. Burritos. Yeah. You're, I mean, it's, it's part of the experience. Like you've got good food, you've got good, you know, company, you're hanging out, having a good time. Yeah. And and then it's also too a year round process as well, because, uh, especially with archery, that's the great thing about archery. You could get your kid into archery and, you can start, you know, go do all these different shoots. I mean, we've been going to Pull Archery Challenge. I mean, what is it, nine, we're nine years, nine years, right, son? Yeah, nine, yeah, right. nine years. Yeah. Nine years going to Pull Archery Challenge and shooting. And it's just been one of those things where he's just kind of grown up in and it's been, you know, a great experience for him. And like that, I saw a bumper sticker at SEI that says, you know, hunt with your, uh, what is it, hunt with your kids. So you don't have to hunt for them or something like that because he's always with me and he grew up with like all you guys now and watching him kind of grow up in this industry has been a real fun thing. Yeah. And he can't spend money on, uh, you know, like drugs and hookers if he's spending all of it on archery equipment. <laughs> Amen. And that is the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Or he just, <laughs> or he just won't be able to afford the good hookers or the good drugs. <laughs> <laughs> So Isaac, uh, you know, I, I kind of want to hear more about how you got into the hunting industry because you were really instrumental in helping me get into the hunting industry with photography and, you know, setting me up with, with contacts and, uh, introducing me to people and sending small projects my way just to kind of help me out and getting, getting me started. And I, I can't thank you enough for all of that help. Um, how did, how did you get into that? So I got into it purely by, you know, by accident. Um, so I said, I killed my first, my first deer in 2000. Uh, you know, I've always been hunting since. Once I got married, I got really back into hunting. I got married in 97. And I got just 
you know, hunting was like kind of something I real passionate about, you know, when I got right after I got married. And I just always was searching for like the perfect pack to carry. All right. I've always fascinated with, you know, just carrying the right gear. And I got into it basically by one day finding a Badlands backpack, learning their local company, going over there, meeting the president, and then being this is remember, this is back in like uh I wanna say 2001, okay, back in the day where I was, I told them, I wa- I didn't know what the term was. I go, listen, I'll help you guys for free. I'll help you guys at your trade shows. I'll come when you have your sales. I'll come and work the shows. And I just stayed in front of the, you know, the president of Badlands face for, you know, just basically being what I like to call pro staff or poser staff. Or what do they call them now? Influencers? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so Content I, creator. I, I was that. <laughs> I was, I mean, I was that guy who just always over there, just help. Like whenever they'd have a sell and do any type of show here locally, I would be there to help. And it got to the point to where, uh, I was, you know, I was working at the DMV nine years for the state of Utah, this dead end job. And it got to the point to where my wife was at the time, she was working in the mortgage industry and she was the one making the money. But then that industry crashed around 2000. Eight, I want 2007, 2008, when this whole mortgage thing came crashing down, she got a job at the state. And I'm like, well, hell yeah, I'm going to leave in this place. And the funny thing was, I actually had a job at Easton as a customer service rep. And I was at Easton for four months when the president of Badlands came and said, listen, I want to take, he was on offer you a job as sales manager. And I'm like, well, I don't know anything about this. I didn't go to college. I mean, I, I'm, yeah, I told him, like, yeah, I realized. I, barely graduated high school. And he said, I don't care. He goes, you have the passion, you know, you have the knowledge, you're a likable guy, we want you to be the sales manager. So I left, I worked at Easton for four months and the guy from Badlands, you know, he hired me and I worked at Badlands for a good six years and that's where I met, that's where I met the world basically. That's where I met Aaron. I mean, I met Aaron when he was doing reviews on a forum, I think it was. Um, and he called me up and it's funny, you look back, I see some of the old Facebook memories pop up from Aaron wearing a Badlands pack, talking to me about packs and giving me ideas and how to make the packs better. And Hell, I was so green, I didn't, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I mean, I didn't know anything. And that, I mean, Badlands was basically my college. And, you know, the years I worked there, just it was just making connections and talking with people. And at the time at Badlands, I was like one of the only hunters there because the owner, uh, he... He comes from, uh, you know, making packs for, you know, Badlands started out making mountaineering packs. So that's where he came from. So I was like kind of a token hunter over there and able to meet the world there. And just, it's all about making connections. The most valuable thing I tell everybody is it's not what you know, not who you know, it's who knows you. And that's right there has been, you know, the secret to my success, I guess you could say, in this industry because... Worked at Badlands for uh, six years, and Easton gave me a call, and they were doing backpacks and clothing, and they hired me away from uh, Badlands, and uh, you know started working for them, and worked for Easton for a good seven years. So working in that industry, and all came down. I mean, I've never had to fill out a resume. Uh, I mean, matter of fact, David, remember you you actually had to do my resume for me <laughs> when, uh, <laughs> when I was getting it all prepared because I'm like, dude, I don't know what I do with a resume. I've had to do one because all my jobs have been, you want to come and work for us. And so working in the industry, it's, it's, it's been interesting to kind of see things grow too. It's, to watch things grow from where in the industry, people used to love to be in the magazines. That was the thing. And then it went to DVDs, right? Uh, everyone had a DVD, TV show, and now it's all social. And it's kind of fun to kind of watch that whole progression of everything grow like that. And it all started for me just, Loving this industry. I mean, love, love, the love of honey and making connections. I mean, that's what it all comes down to is making connections. And like yourself, David, I mean, I met you, you're a talented photographer and it's like, shit, you know, let's see if we could do this, get some projects to you. And that's how it all starts. I mean, you'll agree with that. I mean, even you, Frank, I mean, didn't you kind of start the same way for uh, Kafaru? Weren't you a fan of Kafaru and Aaron hired you on? Yeah. Basically, I was working an office job and, uh, kind of just hunted a ton and, 
uh, used a bunch of Kefaro products and was always uh, bugging Aaron. He's always been awesome about putting his uh, his phone number on like Rockslide and in all the forums. And um, I got a hold of that, and I'd always ask him questions and bother him about random stuff. And I'm sure it probably got old for him. But uh, one day I was just like frustrated at my job, and I was like, "Yo, man, are you guys by chance hiring for literally anything?" And he's like, "Yeah, we need somebody for for customer service. Come up for an interview." And uh, went up that week for an interview and got hired and they wanted me to start first thing that following Monday. So it was like a, it was like a crazy change and uh, yeah, broke my lease down in, uh, in Pueblo, Colorado and moved up and yeah, it's been awesome ever since. So yeah, uh, <clears throat> didn't have any experience in the outdoor industry or anything like that and just kind of took a leap and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been great. So that's, uh, I think it's kind of a cool story for, for both of us. It's, if, if it's something that you're passionate about and something that a dream that you want to chase, then you should go after it. And I think, I mean, pretty much everybody in this, on this podcast can probably say the same. Oh, yes, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how just, you know, the connections and being passionate about something can lead to, you never believe like a full-time job. I mean, like with my son, for instance, too, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, my son got to attend the ATA show with me uh, when I was at Easton. And he got to go there and, you know, it's kind of cool because uh, another good, great thing about social media is a lot of the people got to watch him grow up. And like for him, he's got his own little hookups now, for instance. I mean, like Under Armour, you know, that takes care of him with some, some gear. And, you know, every now and then, you know, gives him a discount to buy some gear. And, you know, people, you know, give, well, some people will give him crap saying, well, yeah, you only wear it because you get it for free, but, I mean, that's not true, right, son? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it's not not true at all. You need you need uh you need Dudley to start hooking you up because you're damn near paying his mortgage. It seems like, Junior. I <laughs> 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 actually I had to tell I, I tell Dudley all the time, will you please block his credit card? <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Right, try to cover it. I'm like, no, I get for free. But no, not no, not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, the very best is, uh, you know, I was so uh, you know I was let go from Easton back in February, and I had a had a quick somebody in there lined up a job interview for me with, with a guy, and I was calling the guy back and it went to voicemail, and I I left you know, I left him a voicemail, but I was walking in my son's room and I saw he bought a bunch of stuff from Dudley, and I'm always telling my son save your money for buying shit, okay, but. It, so I leave the guys a voicemail, and I see that box. I thought I hung up, and I go, and I'm like, that fucking kid, when's he going to learn? I'm going to murder him. And I <laughs> realized my phone was still on. It was on the voicemail to this guy I never met before who wanted to give me a job interview. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, oh, man. So it's safe so, to yeah. say that one didn't work out. <laughs> no, no, it didn't work out. No, no, it didn't work out. <laughs> but... But it was all good. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. if you look in your gear room, I mean, you can see where he gets the addiction. That's for sure. You're you have like a mini, uh, you have like a mini Kafaru showroom <laughs> in in your spare bedroom. Yeah, I do. I mean, that's what you know. I had, David even knows that too. Come over. I mean, I am I am a gear whore. It's terrible. I it's my addiction right there because you never know. You make every pack serves a different purpose and. What makes it worse is I got Junior here following my footsteps, like oh, monkey see, monkey do. You know what I mean? I guess that's that's what I guess that's what they mean. You know what I mean? And when, when you're a dad, one of the things being a dad is you always it's like do what I say, not as I do. That, that, you know that. <laughs> yeah, always, always I tell my son, and, oh man, he's such a yeah. He, he's a, he looks like his mom, but he's a mini me. So yeah. that's where I'm like, well played, Karma, well played. <laughs> Anyone out there in Utah, if you want to check out Kafaru Packs, stop by Isaac's house. I've seen him do this with numerous people. You know, people will reach out and be like, what pack should I get? And he's like, come on over and try some on and see how they fit. You know, he'll help you out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we got, I, I, I got, we got quite a few frames over here, different packs, and uh, also some of the tarps and TPs, except the eight-man TP. Christmas is coming, guys, just so you know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And sleeping bags. Uh, so, yeah, anybody who ever wants to take a look at a pack or whatever, you know, you're more than welcome to come on over to to the unofficial Isaac sell, uh, National Sales Rep for Safaro Backpacks. Yeah, that's no and joke, man. You've, you've, <laughs> you've, uh, you've definitely been one of our, our uh, 
biggest unofficial sales reps in in the Salt Lake area. You've you've been awesome to us, so we we appreciate that a, a bunch. I mean, we get a lot of people that say Isaac told me to get this, or we talked to Isaac, or we stopped by Isaac's house and tried this and that out. So yeah, it's been it's been nice having you out there, man. It's, we appreciate that a lot. Well, Frank, you got to realize it all came from you and Aaron. Because remember when I uh, I, w- I was hardcore all about Mystery Ranch, and what did you guys do? Remember what you guys did? Yeah, we did. We we hooked you guys up with a couple packs, and was it at no, that you show? Gave Junior, a yeah, pack. that's what it was. Yeah, you yeah. Gave Junior, <laughs> you gave, you gave me a pack, and I was like, I was all happy. <laughs> and then my dad come to find out, my dad had to use it for uh, was it how long were you gone for your hunting uh, trip? Oh, uh, it was like a three day trip. Yeah, and ever since he's like, dang it, like you got me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what basically happened for him. My, my my son had the brand new mystery ranch pack. I remember I got it for him. Brad's taking new. I mean, it hadn't been worn yet. You assholes gave him a pack just to fight <laughs> me. I remember just to fight me, and he was so excited because you guys gave it to him. Because like you, again, being a dad, you're gonna see, you know all the dads out there listening. You'll see there's a point in time where you know you know everything. You know when you to your son like. Whatever you say to your son, it's it's the truth. But then it comes that stage where, oh, your dad, you're not cool. You don't know nothing. No, no. And everybody else's word matters, right? <laughs> so we're at the point where I told him, you got a brand new backpack. He's like, oh, yeah, cool. But when Frank and Aaron give him a backpack, oh, yo, look at this. And the pack was used, too. He don't care. He's like, look, this is so cool. And I'm like, oh, you guys. But then when I used it, that one time I was like, motherfuckers got me because <laughs> again i know aaron for over 10 years we never used each other's product at the time i was badlands and ethan had backpacks and i wore mystery rash but aaron and i stay friends we're still good friends and everything and never use them and he always mentioned about trying to pack i'm like no, i'm good i'm good and sure enough i use one i'm like shit and that's why i called you frank remember i'm like okay dude i need a pack <laughs> <laughs> yep exactly so that's how it works so uh so talk to us a little bit about the, uh, I know we touched, touched a little bit about, uh, about it earlier, but the, uh, the coffee business, what, it, what do you, uh, what do you guys foresee happening with Black Rifle Company? It looks like they are just taking over the, uh, taking over the, the coffee world. It's what it seems like. Um, so yeah, give us a little info on that stuff. Oh man, I, I did not realize how big the coffee world was. I mean, I, I, I was, I'm completely clueless because, you know, everyone thinks the hunting industry is really big, right? And for, you know, for instance, East, Easton is a hundred, you know, almost a hundred year old company. And, you know, what, you know, for as big as they are compared to Black Raffle Coffee, it was started in 2014. Black Raffle Coffee eclipses Easton. I mean, it's unbelievable for the, you know, the amount of just, you know, brand awareness. I mean, uh, you know, customers. It is crazy what, you know, what they're doing. They've even opened up and they've even opened up a little shop, a coffee shop, uh, like, a, you know, the Starbucks type shop up in uh, Texas. They opened one of those up and then now they're going full bore. I mean, they're coming out with, uh, you know, RTD, ready to drink coffee in a can. All these different products are coming out with. I mean, they are hungry and they're just really taking the world by storm i mean their merchandise alone is insane what their uh you know the, the business they do with their merchandise and it's a cool company i mean it's great they're they're a veteran company veteran-owned company i want to say i can't remember the percentage but a good percentage of employees are veterans which makes it hard for junior and i because they talk in all these military terms i'm like huh <laughs> so, yeah. especially, when they, especially when they talk in military time and I'm like hold on guys I gotta get my calculator because you don't have to add add to it <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> I, do, I do that to drive them crazy but, uh, but yeah it's a, the, the, the company is you know growing like crazy they're looking all different avenues to get into if uh, son what was the video they just did with the Pastrana what was that uh, they, oh the this is the Jim Connor like what Ken Block does but he did it. It was like a rally car, um, just pretty much drifting everywhere, you know. And Black Rifle sponsored it with, along with other sponsors. Yeah, I saw yeah, that with uh, Travis Pastrana. Yep. Tra- yeah, so uh, Black Rifle Coffee sponsors that. I mean, and 
again, that any avenue they're looking into for the outdoors. And you know, Evan's big thing is to, I mean, he has a great video talking about it where it's just getting people outdoors, you know, especially getting people, you know, veterans outdoors, enjoying the outdoors and, you know, shooting bows and just, you know, having a good time. He's very big on that. And then again, running a company, like he said, he runs a company, but it's not corporate. He does not want to be a corporate based company. And you're talking to a company where you wear, you can wear shorts, sneakers to work, bring your dog to work, wear a hat, and, you know, you're there to work, uh, have a good time, but also you're there to get your job done. So it's, you know, it's pretty cool. It's, it's a great company. And I, I, I owe a lot to them because, like I said, I was, uh, you know, I was let go from Eastern in February. They did some, uh, you know, they, they changed up a few, uh, a few positions over there. So my position was no longer needed. So I was let go there in February and I was like, what am I going to do? And I just shot Evan a text and said, buddy, sorry, uh, I'm no longer at Easton. You know, uh, so if you ever need anything, you know, just you know, feel free to let me know and I'll put you in touch with the right person. And he gives me a call, says, come over tomorrow morning. He goes, come over tomorrow morning and we'll figure something out for you. And went over there and he said, listen, I got total archery challenge coming up in July. He goes, I want to put you on a retainer. I'm like, okay. So we'll go ahead and put you on a retainer. We'll pay you monthly and, uh, we'll call you in as needed. I was like, well, sweet. And I was able to, you know, help get, you know, help get me by those months. And then as we got closer to total archery challenge, he was doing this adaptive athlete shoot. And he said, well, we have all got 25 bows coming in. He goes, how are we going to get all these bows set up for these athletes? And I was like, I know a guy. Hold on, <laughs> and that's where, and that's where Shields. Uh, I talked to Shields and said, "Do you guys want to be co-sponsors of this athlete shoot?" And you know, the only thing is, uh, how much let my son work on these bows over there at Shields on his, you know, on you know, while he's at work when he's got some downtime. And my son started building the bows for the athletes, and I just told everyone over at uh, Black Rifle, "Go see my boy. If you need something done." And heck, at one point, my son just started doing everyone's bows there and then he was actually going the black rifle and working on Evan's bow and it was to the point where they're all what, what did he tell you when you're talking about going to the full archery challenge son he said well, he's like two weeks. yeah he's like he's like yeah while you uh call in you should um put in your two weeks and I'm like <laughs> uh, what <laughs> like, you know yeah and, and he's like and he goes he's like I'm like what, what, like, what do you mean he's like oh you know you know you're Call your boss and tell him, "Hey, I want to pay him my two weeks." That's how you do it, you know. <laughs> and, and, and asking over there, you guys, I don't even have a job yet. I'm still in contract with you guys. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> so, it, like, and Evan, Evan brought him on. I mean, just brought both of us on, and it's you know the father-son duo, I guess you could say, over there for the archery side of things. And it's it's kind of hard because the whole pandemic hit, so we're not in the office that much, and it's taken a lot of people like confuse a lot of people because the worst thing I did is name my son after me with anyone out there. Yeah, people don't do that. Don't name your kid after you. It's the worst thing you can do. <laughs> Trust me. Because there's people at Black Rifle those didn't realize they're like, oh, there's two of you. I'm like, yes. He's the white one. I'm the dark one. Okay. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. That's how we do it. So what's the, uh, what's the policy at Black Rifle with creamer and sugar? Is that, uh, is that frowned upon? Ooh. I don't, well, I don't know, son. You worked in that. Is, what, is uh, that kind of no, I mean they. I mean they don't use like they use like the sugar and the raw stuff and different cream. I mean they. Yeah, there's no like policy. Or they don't make fun of you. <laughs> it's only when you do it in pour over. When you do it in pour over, that's the only time they'll like they'll like uh, make fun of you. You need to like creamer or sugar and pour over coffee. But we do this fancy Chemex thing, you know, yeah. where you got the nice little glass container, you do the coffee pour over. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what that's frowned upon. I think when you put the, the sweeteners in that, cause you're supposed to get the real, you know, taste of the coffee. Yeah, there's like, there's like tasting notes to that coffee, um, that you need to follow in like certain directions. And for you to put like, you know, creamer and sugar, that's just like, that's like a no-no. You it's know? like ketchup you know on I mean? steak. <laughs> Dude, I was going to say, I, I got this cinnamon toast crunch creamer from uh, King Supers, and I love that shit. <laughs> I'd probably get my ass beat if I ever visited you guys down there at, at, at work. Sorry, was that you broke up on me? 
I said I'd probably get my ass beat if I ever visited you guys at work and asked for some c- cinnamon toast crunch creamer. <laughs> <laughs> Especially nah, in that, you, we'll just make fun of you. <laughs> Especially in that high octane uh, good coffee. Well, so what's what's funny over there is um, what like how they got a little coffee shop uh, here in Salt Lake because I mean Black Rifle has three facilities. They got a roasting facility in Tennessee. They have a you know a, their main marketing facility is in San Antonio. And then they have where the sales and all the merchandise is done. And we do, we have a small roasting uh, section here in Salt Lake, but they have a little coffee shop indoor uh, inside. And we're at the point now where my wife is like, okay, you two are not allowed to have any coffee after two o'clock. <laughs> and my son and I, will, when we're in the office and we come home, we're wired. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> down to off the wall. Like I said, man, the, but the thing is with, with coffee, it's, it's amazing how, you know, how, you know, some people look at it like an old person's drink, right? But then when you start looking into it, you know, deep into it, I mean, hell, man, black coffee is one of the best things for you and one of the best things to have while hunting. Man, I'll tell you what, the, having a good cup of coffee while hunting makes a huge difference. <laughs> I remember over the years you're carrying all this gear up there and, you know, making coffee up on the mountain, all these different contraptions and stuff. It's hard to beat when it's yeah, oh, yeah. You know, a cold day. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah. Well, hey, David, you're the one that would bring what the coffee with the uh, with the honey, the whiskey honey, right? <laughs> yeah, I may have done that a couple times. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was like hunting with David. David, David will bring the 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 coffee with the whiskey honey in there. So remember definitely. that year we we had Thanksgiving up there too. I brought some uh, wild turkey. <laughs> yes, that's what it was. Wild turkey you brought Thanksgiving. We hunted. Yep. So yeah. So I mean, hey. When you're up there hunting the Wasatch Front, man, I'll tell you what, it's, it's a different hunt. You're up there and the little things make that hunt so much better because, you know, you're only an hour hike in, but you're gaining a lot of elevation. So for me, I hate leaving early. I'd rather just stay. There are guys I'll go up for the morning and leave and, you know, maybe come back for the evening hunt. I'd rather just stay up there. And that's why I carry so much shit with me is because, hell, you got nothing to do during all that downtime, so you might as well make coffee, cook some spam, or do something fun, or eat a burrito over a fire. Yeah, that was one thing I definitely appreciated that year I went hunting with you guys. There was like a fresh two foot, foot of snow, and we uh, we posted up midday and had a had a fire and cooked spam over the fire, and uh, even had some guy randomly come up and hang out with us for a bit and. He probably had some, I don't know if he had some spam or not, if we shared it with him, but yeah, it was a good time, man. <laughs> well, that's one thing is, you know, hunting with me, I mean, you know, I, growing up hunting, I grew up, you know, taught was anyone, another hunter, they're your friend. I mean, you're welcome around my fire, okay? If I have a fire, you're welcome. I'm not one of these guys where it's like, well, why are you up here? This is my super secret spot, all that. I mean, the only time I'll ever lose my mind if I'm moving in on a deer, I see some other asshole moving in on, moving in on the deer after he sees me go in. But other than that, you know, I'm pretty chill up there on the mountain. I mean, and as far as the Wasatch Front, you know, we, you know, we touched on that a little earlier is, you know, that, that hunt, it's not what it used to be. That's for sure. Wouldn't you agree, David? Oh yeah. Especially after those two big bucks died this year. Yeah. And the funny thing is you had trail camera pictures of both of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That big, uh, that big typical 200 inch buck, man. I, I drew back on that so many times and I just couldn't make it happen. Before, I mean, back in the day in the Wasatch Front, this is really, now I'm sounding like one of those old guys. Back in my day, <laughs> I mean, there were, oh man, there were deer all over the place. But I, I mean, you know, we've had a few bad winters in that, but I think a lot of it too, though, is just, I think the deer are just getting smarter over there. I mean, that's what I think is you're not seeing them like you used to, and they're just, you know, the, the hunt's not what it used to be. That's why I always joke around now. I say locals only. <laughs> except for Frank and uh, except for Frank and Henry, there's only two that's going to watch that. <laughs> hey, what about what shit. about me? <laughs> you're, you're you're still local, David. What are okay, you talking about? Okay, good, good. Because <laughs> I'll be back. That, I'll be back. You guys yeah, watch that, out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that hunt is, is is such a different hunt now because I mean, you know, the that deer that deer James killed. I mean, whew, I mean that he put a lot of time into that deer, and there's only a few people that knew that deer existed. And anymore now, it's everybody, everybody's in shape, you know, a hiker. They all got, and they all got their, actually, it's funny watching the, you know, progression too, because they used to went from 
Badlands backpacks on the mountains, and then it went, you see some mystery ranch, and then you saw a bunch of who you packs, but now when you see people, Kafaru, and I'm like, man. Yep. <laughs> the, the progression of watching people's gear and guys who hunt up there has changed quite a bit. And now with these e-bikes, you're getting more and more people up there. So anyone listening to this podcast, watch that front, yeah, don't waste your time. Local's on <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that's uh, it's a special place for sure. I mean, you definitely have to be uh, super aggressive and, like you are saying, be willing to to put the time in to, to get those big deer. I, I was been talking to David over the last few weeks and just wish Colorado had something similar because in some, in a lot of ways, I mean, that, that unit is super crazy pressured, but you guys are really lucky that you can take a morning off of work and, and go hunt and then come back, come back home and, and uh, get back to work or do whatever you have to do. Whereas a lot of the places where we're hunting here in Colorado, we're traveling three, four, five, six hours just to get into the get to the unit and then you got to hike in and, and hike out and then drive back home. So I think in some ways it's, it's a super, super special place. In other ways, it's just crazy pressured. Well, the, the thing about people don't realize about the Wasatch front though, is it was never designed to be some type of trophy unit. So I used to hunt up there with my dad with a rifle. Uh, Cause you know, again, my dad would like to hunt close to home and, you know, and places where you couldn't take, you know, horses or ATVs. He like my dad always enjoyed the hike. So we would, you know, I've hunted there and then they closed it down to archery only. And I remember that's when I was, I was so mad when they did that because I was like, well, I'll never do archery. Screw archery. Can't believe Wasatch Front did that, you know. But, uh, what the whole plan of that hunt was to make it more of like a deprivation hunt. They made it, you know, archery only, either sex, and it was designed to keep the deer from coming into the city. And it's funny now as you get people, you know, suggesting even some groups uh, they should shut down the Wasatch Front for a year. They should make it a limited entry hunt. Like, it was never designed to be that, guys. <laughs> it was designed to keep the deer from coming into the city. But I wonder, you know, I would, I wish more biologists would take a look at that and show what an archery-only unit close to a city, you know, can do for a deer herd. Because the herd is still good. You're still going to find good bucks in there. Uh, I mean, you're not going to find as many as you used to, but you're still Every year, there's still a 30-inch or a 200-inch buck coming off that mountain. Every year. Never fails. And they've even opened some more extended archery units around here, which I'm happy to see. But more states look into that because when you look at the Wasatch Front in general, number one, the winter ground is being taken up by houses up on the east side. you got a bunch of people building houses on the benches of the mountain. All right? Then you have, you know, that's where all the ski resorts are. So you know they have harsh winters. And then you can't hunt predators up there. There's no lion hunting, you know, cougar hunting up there. So you can't hunt those up there. However, the deer are still producing good deer. And why? I, I believe it's because of archery only. I mean, they made an archery only unit and the success rate there for deer and even elk, I mean, is, I mean, so it's pretty low unless you're David. Which, by the way, everyone here, David's calling me the OG of the Wasatch Front. David is the elk master of the Wasatch Front. This guy <laughs> has killed more elk in the hardest unit over the counter, public land unit, than anyone I know. And the amount of work he's put into hunting elk, I got to hunt with him this year. Whew. I'll tell you what, Frank, it's crazy. I mean, that's what you got to do, Frank. You got to come down and hunt elk with uh, David. <laughs> yeah, he's been, he was telling me about him breaking trails and where he set up some stands in the past and uh, trail cam work and just all the all the work and I think um, from talking to you guys and talking to Yates this morning that's a common thing theme that I see with a lot of people that we talk to on the podcast that have been successful it just it really just comes down to all the extra hours behind the scenes not during hunting season all the all the time scouting and um, figuring out the unit and just it purely just comes down to hard work exactly it does I mean that's why David don't have no woman right now. <laughs> hey, I saw your I saw your question on the story for Kafaro the other day. <laughs> I saw that as well. Aaron Aaron even said I get more ass in a toilet seat. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, it's 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 one of those things where you've got to really dedicate your time and focus a lot of time and energy. You know, there's one year that I I carried up. I don't know, close to 200 pounds of salt. And in Utah, you can you can put mineral licks and attractants next to cameras 
Um, the thing is, it's not really a detriment to the animal. You're, you're giving them necessary minerals uh, and supplementation. And then by the time the hunt comes around, they're not licking it. They're, their velvet's gone. Uh, they don't need it anymore because they've already grown that antler. Um, so it's not really changing their patterns at all. It just gives you a chance to really take note of what's out there. And, I mean, one year I carried up like 200 pounds of salt, miles after miles after miles, and just so much elevation. And, you know, you put the work in. And then you reap See, the reward. Guys like David, the guys like David and James, they put the work in. Me, again, I'm at the point where, well, also too, when you work for the hunting industry, well, for the companies I did work for, you really didn't get to hunt as much as you wanted or scouted as much as you wanted as you think you would have. So that's why my approach has always been, I'm just going to wander the trails until I run into something. And it's worked pretty good so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a good point. Working in the outdoor industry, you don't get to hunt as much as as you want, um, especially with kafaro growing as much as it has been. I, I haven't been able to hunt as much as I wanted to, but it's, you still get some cool opportunities. And one of the things I've always said is that you get to meet some really awesome people. And, uh, yeah, if I hadn't worked for kafaro I don't think I would have met you guys. So I'm definitely grateful for that. You've always been uh, a good friend and very generous. Took me in on uh, Thanksgiving the year I hunted out there and got to spend Thanksgiving with your family, which I thought was freaking awesome so definitely great knowing you and and junior um and david too i mean i wouldn't have met david as well so i think it's it's uh it's been awesome getting to know you guys thank you frank it's probably the nicest thing you ever said to me besides <laughs> sending me those uh, those emojis and whatever you send my son <laughs> thank you know, plants. Hard, yeah we're like memes every day <laughs> uh, uh, that's funny stuff man yeah yeah well, thank well, you frank we love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna I have mean, to like, uh, like, we're gonna have to plan a winter trip to hang out with you guys and uh, maybe do a little snowboarding or something. And then next uh, next fall, we all should should plan some sort of hunt. Man, it'd be fun. Rifle That's deer, definitely. Hunt. We should do. Yeah, no, muzzleloader deer, muzzleloader deer. Yeah, muzzleloader hunting. That that's, a, that's interesting. Yeah, muzzleloader because now I got the spot and I'm a full uh, and now I'm, I'm a professional road hunter. And <laughs> by the way, Frank, before I need I need some. I need some type of packer design to hang on the back seat of my truck so I can keep my bow on there. So when I jump out the when I jump out the truck, I can grab my bow really fast. Yeah, that's so that's what I, I need. Something like that made from the fire. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. Yeah, there's a uh, actually I got these uh, seat covers from Cryptech that I think they're made by a uh, Cover King. Maybe I can't remember the name, but they have Molly webbing on the back of them. You should check them out. They're badass. Okay, see, that's, I need something like that. Okay, perfect. I'll give them a check. I'll check them out. You could just get a bow caddy, too, you know. (laughs) Junior sitting in the passenger seat holding your bow. (laughs) Mr. Gilmore, I'm your caddy. (laughs) He's he's too busy holding his bow. And then him and I, now we're at the, now him and I are at the point to where, before, like I said before, like making sure it helps Junior get a deer, helps Junior, you know, every opportunity, give it to him first to kill a deer, right? Now that he's 18, he's got enough skills under his belt. I was going to say, how do you guys decide now since he's been killing all these deer and you haven't killed one in a while? Like you see something, you just push him over and go after it. <laughs> Actually, this is where I give my son some, some credit. And I, I, I was really, I was real proud. We were hunting last year and he said, okay, dad, you see, uh, if you see like a 190, 200 inch buck, you kill it. You deserve that. Okay. Anything under that, I'll go kill it. And I'm like, okay, son. I go, so if you, I go, so you tell me if this big, huge, non-typical pops out and you have, you know, head, you see him first and you're within range, you'd let me kill it. And what was your answer, son? I mean, I was like, I, I, I want you to kill it, obviously. Yep. You know, I mean, so, like, I mean, <laughs> so that, that's you, how we, but, but isn't it, you gave people their first year, you know, you took your time. You know, you help all these people, you know. I'd rather you have that deer. You know, you deserve it more than I do. So, and we're in separate rooms, and I didn't even pay him to say that. (laughs) (laughs) You better give him a discount on rent or something. (laughs) (laughs) No. Crazy. (laughs) No, hey, my son pays rent just for the fact that he can tell people he has roommates, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty sweet car bed. Is that a, is that a gift from your roommates? 
Yeah. Think about getting a TV radio to pop down the car bed. You guys remember that uh, response to that that meme that Bubba posted on Facebook? It was uh, Michael Jackson stomping, you know, that where he taps his foot. And it said something <laughs> oh, about, <yeah. laughs> and I just roasted him. It said something about uh, when you're upstairs neighbors, like, you know, being loud. And I was like, oh, hey, I don't think, I don't think your dad's putting his shoes on. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Earn. All right. Oh, wow. Oh, we have some good times. Good times. <laughs> oh, man. Well, gents, it's, uh, it's been a little bit over an hour, so. Uh, we'll probably wrap her up, but um, yeah, thank you guys for uh, taking the time out of your day. I know you are working, so I uh, appreciate you guys taking the time to to hop on. And again, thanks for the friendship and uh, the generosity that your family's shown me, and and also to David as well. We've uh, it's been it's been fun knowing you guys. Well, thank you, man. We appreciate it. We love you guys, and like I said, man, in this industry, man, you know, it's all about you know people you know and who knows you, and just making good connections, and you know. Sticking around with good people, what it comes down to. So, thank you yeah. guys. No, thank you guys for real. Appreciate it. Yep, sounds good. Well, thanks everybody for listening. If uh, if you guys want to follow along with uh, with these guys on social media, what do you? How can they find you guys? Go ahead, son. Uh, what's, what's your Instagram handle? So follow us on social media. I am uh, Isaac uh, Isaac Aliman A L E M A N, and you are Isaac Aliman Junior. So pretty simple. Yeah. You can find us in. Again, he's the white one. I'm the dark one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for coming on. All right. Later. Thank you, guys. All right, later. See, See you. you guys. See you.